DreamCloud's mattress technology blends support and comfort to make you feel like you're sleeping on a cloud. Every DreamCloud comes with $599 in accessories plus $200 off with our Labor Day sale. Go to dreamcloudsleep.com today. DreamCloud's mattress technology blends support and comfort to make you feel like you're sleeping on a cloud. Every DreamCloud comes with $599 in accessories plus $200 off with our Labor Day sale. Go to dreamcloudsleep.com today. Okay. I have like coffee, I have champagne, and I have water in a huge wine glass. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you see me like just <laughs> rotating cups. <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't just, you know, this is just straight vodka. Um, <laughs> I won't judge you. If I didn't have to pick no. up my kid from school at 3.30, then I wouldn't. I would be drinking. But I have my little weed pen, but I can't. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm a little sweaty, but I'm ready. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing. I was like, I'm not going to look cute because I, I tried to look up to see if you have video. And I didn't see video. So I was like, I don't have to look good. Okay. So today in the studio, we have a very special guest, one that is absolutely hilarious. And I enjoy listening to her podcast. And I would like to introduce Jordan, the host of the Horny Housewife podcast. Jordan, how are you doing today? I am amazing. I am so glad to be here with you, Jesse. I'm excited and a little nervous too. Oh my gosh, I'm I, I'm sweaty. So <laughs> we're 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 in this together. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> so, so Jordan, I want you to just go ahead and start off and give us a little background on you because I know you. I know you pretty well, <laughs> and your listeners know you pretty yes, well. They do, but my much. my listeners probably won't know a little bit about you. So go ahead and give us a little background on what you do and why you're here. Okay, awesome. So my name is Jordan. Like she said, I am a wife. I'm a mother. And I have like a one-year-old podcast now called the Horny Housewife Podcast. I'm 32 years old. I don't like to tell people that, but I thought since we're getting intimate, I might as well tell my age. And I am here to share sides of me or a side of me, my journey with grief that I really haven't shared before. I know with my podcast, it's more like lighthearted and about sex and relationships and comedy. So I thought this would be uh, a healing and interesting conversation to have with you. Absolutely. And um, you said the magic word, uh, sex, and I'm sure all my listeners are like, how? What Jesse? What are you doing? <laughs> like, first you had someone on here talking about spirits, and now you're talking about sex. But you're doing it. What all. most people, yeah, what most people don't understand is that sex and grief go hand in hand. And and unless you're abstinent, um, then you probably just use your hand. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to kind of let you tell your story um, because. I only know that your mother has passed away. I don't know how. I don't know when. And I want to let you talk about that. And then we'll get more into some of your coping mechanisms okay. on how you've made it this far. Okay. And it's a it's a lot, like a big, big story. So we're here. where would we're you here like for me it. to start, though? Do you want me to start before my mom passed away? Or do you want me to start at point of death, basically? 
So how was your relationship with okay, your Okay, we'll start there. Okay. So I grew up in a very Italian family household vibe. Okay. So okay. like very loud. We were yellers, um, very blunt, abrasive. There's not, no one's sugarcoating. You know, the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Have you ever seen yes. that? Okay. <laughs> That's they're exactly Greek. what I'm envisioning. Yeah. They're Greek, but we're, but same kind of vibe. If, right. Yeah. And big family and, really close. My mom actually was not Italian. She was half Apache Indian, half Irish, like a mix of all kinds of whatever. So okay. my dad's parents really didn't want him to marry her because she wasn't Italian and the rest of the siblings married Italian women. Anyways, her mother, my mom's mom took her life, like committed suicide when she was 17. So my oh my mom, gosh. I know fucked up, fucked up. And my mom left Mississippi and came to Texas and got a job. Eventually she met her first husband. She was 19, divorced him in a year. Then she met my father when she was 25 and then they got married. She had me a couple of years later. And then my brother is adopted. Actually, she couldn't have any more kids. <sighs> Sorry. And my mom and I were always very, very, close. She's a helicopter mom. So the kind that's like, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very involved homeroom mom. Uh, I resented her. I was such a bitch to her. Truly. I was like, I was such a bitch to her. And And I, and I struggle with like knowing how long I was such a rebellious teenager or rebellious adult, even. I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can relate and now not having my mom seen like where I took advantage, you take advantage of life. You don't realize how. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. People and and you can tell people like I would meet people who had lost someone or a significant, I mean, a death had recently happened and I feel bad for them. And you'd be like, oh my gosh, Courtney lost her mom or Courtney lost her sister, something but you, you don't get it and you don't like grasp the pain. You feel really bad for them, but then it's just like blip. Or even if like my uncle died. So my dad's younger brother died horribly. He got ALS deteriorated. It broke our family apart because it all started becoming about money. He was very wealthy. Mm. And even that I could, I saw my cousins who are my best friends losing their dad and I could not understand like the feeling they were feeling because I couldn't relate. And then basically I was a wild teenager. I went to college. I dropped out of college. I moved in with a boy All, all the while. My mom, you know, she made herself relevant in my life. You know, she called me every day. We talked every day. So we're like close, but we butt heads, if that makes sense. Yeah, that really sounds like my mom and I's relationship when um, when I got together with my my boyfriend. Um, I moved out and moved in with with him. And honestly, that made our relationship a lot better. Yes. No. Yes. (laughs) The distance helps. Yes. With the relationship. I moved out when I was 18 and that's just kind of what we were taught to do. Like you go to college uh, and then you move on. I did grow up in a very pretentious bubble. So I was not in reality of what the real world really was like, but she, I was very sheltered. And because of that, and I have never, ever shared this 
And I don't share this because I don't like to put this label on myself or I don't want it to ever be used against me. But I think at some point in my life, it would be beneficial to share because it could be helpful to others. And maybe one day I'll be open to talking about it and sharing it more. But I struggled with addiction for like many years of my life, probably from 19 to 25, exactly, actually. And that was a real, I put my mom through hell. Like I put my mom through hell and she didn't know like where I, where I was, if I was okay, if I was going to like live till I was 30, you know what I mean? Yeah. And sorry. And then when I got on medicine that I needed to be on that I didn't know that I needed to be on and got more in touch with my mental health. My whole life changed and started going to therapy. And a lot of, there's a lot of factors to what really changed my life. And then I met my now husband and uh, we got pregnant. And then that is when me and my mom's relationship completely changed. And sorry, you're fine. <laughs> and that is when uh, she became, we became best friends for sure. And I saw when I had my son, I saw why she did everything she did. And all the reasons I hated her were just because like, I was a spoiled brat. Like I grew up pretty nice. And I was just, I had no idea what I had and what a badass mom I had, who she had to grow up and wondered why her mom took her life. Like she really struggled with why was she not good enough for her mom to stay? You know, that was something she asked herself a lot and that's really hard. And then, uh, um, so a month after my 30th birthday, it was pretty random. My mom never got sick. My mom was totally normal, healthy, 57, in shape, beautiful housewife herself. Mm. And one night I went to bed and I remember before bed, I looked at my phone and she had like texted me a Pinterest, like a Pinterest recipe. Mm. And I didn't respond. And I wake up the next day and it's just a normal day. We talk every day. And I call her and no one answers. And then I call her again at 2.45 and no one answers. And then I got a call and I see on my phone, it says, mom. And so I, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I was kind of worried for a second for some reason, yeah. but it was like a natural thought. I think that we all have as humans, right? Like yeah. That happened maybe. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, she's calling. And then I pick up and there's nothing there. It's just out, nothing there, dial tone. And I was like, oh, that's weird to call back and no answer. So I text her. I go, you're scaring me. Call me back. And then my heart's racing. So 45 minutes later, uh, my dad calls and I an answer the phone. And as I answer the phone, I hear the garage going up and it's my husband pulling in. And I'm like, his work's not over. Why is he home? And my son is right next to me and he's two years old. And I hear my dad say, your mom's passed away. And he's, or he's like, your mother's passed away. And that feeling, which I know, you know, that feeling is yeah. just a fucked up feeling. And it's like your whole world just 
crumbles because you just like knocks the wind out of you, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you just don't understand how life could go from looking one way to completely different, just like that. And I was like, what happened? Like, what happened? Did she get in a car accident? Like, what happened? And he's like, I don't know. And my husband walks upstairs and he's crying. And because he, my dad called my husband to come home to be there when I heard. And then my uncle flew to my brother in college and went and told him in person. And my brother's 21. And it was just the worst day of my fucking life. (laughs) And I'm sure you know, I can't. (laughs) And I know people have it worse. Like people lose people all the time. So I know I'm not like special or anything. Well, you know, that never helps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, comparing yourself to others is the the root of all evil. You know, you, from having a healthy mother and a, you know, an outstanding relationship that you grew from and then all of one day just it's gone. I know, I, and I felt like I got mm, okay from 26 to 30, the four years of me and my mom having the relationship that she always wanted to have with me. She was like so hyper fixated on wanting a relationship with her daughter because she didn't get one with her mom and she didn't have a mom. And she was obsessed with like, I need to be there for you because I didn't have a mom and I don't want you to go through what I did. And it's just ironic how (laughs) it, you know, she died so young but I will say her death has like monumentally affected how I perceive the world and myself and everything yeah I mean it I just described my mom because I was I was with my mom I was her primary caretaker when she passed away so I was there when she took her last breath oh my but god I still I can't remember imagine. that sounds terrible though was it Did that fuck you up no no, it didn't. <laughs> um, did it bring you and, that bring you peace? It did. It did. Um, when you because my mother had cancer and she she fought. She fought for a long time and she fought hard. And you know, as much as I didn't want her to go, I wanted her to go. Right. And um, that's such a she was it's, suffering. It's so odd. Was she suffering? She was suffering. She. She was told that she didn't have any options um, and quickly declined after that. Um, it was only about two two weeks. And if you don't mind me asking, because like I can't even wrap my head, honestly, it sounds I feel like ignorant saying this, but it's just like how I mean, you must be emotionally so mature, like you must be so mature because of all the trauma, <laughs> all the trauma. But you, um, your mom was you're the last family member in your immediate family to pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How do you prepare for something like that? So uh, good question. <laughs> I like that because I, I've studied grief and there's this thing called anticipatory grief. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's when you anticipate a loss of somebody. And it happens pretty often, um, like with grandparents and stuff like that. Um, so... When I got the the news that my mom had cancer, my dad passed away from cancer as well. I knew the outcome. You know, it was inevitable. She was going to pass. Mm, um, so I had to, I had to be, I had to be who 
I who I would want by my side when something like that, if something like that were to happen to me. Um, and that's why I've pursued to look more into um, end of life doula, which is someone wow. who sits and like sits with the family and sits with the member who is who's dying and kind of walk them through death. And um, because death is just as beautiful as making or giving birth, you know, um, giving life. It's just as beautiful. Um, and I've learned to become closer to my family, even though they're not here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just me. But I've become very close with them. And you never really fully prepare yourself for something, but you grow and you set these scenarios. It's kind of like when you have really bad anxiety and you're like, okay, if this happens, then this is going to happen. And then, oh my God, mm-hmm. like I'm just going to die. And it's it's like that, but it's scenarios like that that prepare you for what's going to happen next. And I had a plan. That's smart a, to have a plan. I mean, so your dad was sick and your mom was sick and you had a sibling, you said? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm like asking you all the questions now, but I wanted to get to see now. This is me and my brother. Uh, We were at a rave. (laughs) I I love a rave. (laughs) Yeah. Not um, anymore, but I used to. We connected um, through music, Uh, but that was, that was, um, now you're going to make me cry (laughs) because losing a sibling is, um, you lose a part of yourself. You do. Um, No one really pays attention to you as a sibling. Uh, It's mostly the parents, the girlfriend, the grandparents who um, get all the attention. Um, They never, I just remember sitting there at my brother's funeral and like no one coming up to me. Yeah. It must've been such an alone feeling. I'm sorry. It's terrible. It it was, it was more alone than feeling left out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, But it, it's, um, and I'm only 26. You're so fucking young. Um, so I'm I'm sitting here and you're like I wasn't that 19. mature when I was your age. Well, at 19 and 25, that's when I was losing everybody. I lost my dad at 19. See, I can't. And I lost my mom at 25. Wow. <laughs> See, 25 is when I start started getting my my life together and seeing like like you know how they say your frontal lobe is done developing or something when <laughs> I think it all came in or something because I was like well, I can't do this. I have anymore. to agree with you. I have to agree with you because when I hit 25, something changed and it wasn't mm-hmm. Like, of course, like I I have gone through something traumatic for like the 50th time, Mm -hmm. um, which is so funny because this is a total side note. My uncle died and we had similar issues with my uncle like you did with yours, but he didn't have any kids. Okay. I was the closest thing to his kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. uh, Money makes money. Money makes people the ugly side of people come out for sure. For sure. Yeah. It was definitely. Yeah interesting you see different sides of people yeah you do and you know with you losing your mom like I have to I have to know like what was some advice that she gave you for your child you know when you guys were able to really connect and bond over something like what were some of the things that really stuck with me yeah well I will say that. I mean, now that she's passed, it's like I sit and think about every single thing she's ever told me, you know what I mean? And just how important 
they were. She just taught me to be the woman who I am. I mean, she came from, I mean, I hate to say it sounds such, sounds so shitty, but I guess trash. That sounds terrible, but she came, say whatever you need to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she came from like a Boonville, Mississippi, no hate on Boonville town of like 300, but like, <laughs> okay. but she came from Boonville, Mississippi at 17, reinvented herself. And, uh, she, I mean, you just never would have known what she came from and how she portrayed herself and the kind of woman. I mean, 250 people showed up at her funeral. I mean, she, uh, it oh was, God. and they were all walking behind the car that like takes the hearse or whatever that takes yeah. to the spot. It was like, in, it was like a wedding. It was insane. Wow. The That's beautiful people. I know it gives me chills. She just touched <laughs> so many people's lives, including mine. So her friends are always checking in on me and her spirit. Like she just had such a, she was a wee bit judgmental. I think it's easy to romanticize people when they die. She wasn't a saint. She was a lot like me. So if she wasn't an avid lover of Jesus Christ, she would have just as bad as a mouth as I do, but she just (laughs) like toned it up a little bit because she was church going. (laughs) But yes, she was a woman of much faith. And mine looks a little different than hers, but I'm a woman of much faith as well. And things that stuck with me, I don't know, that I would be the only person who was going to completely fill my cup, that it was never going to be other people who completed me. And she just taught me, I mean, there's a million things. There's a million, I mean, just the one, my mannerisms, how I am as a mother, I don't know. I feel like that's a hard one because there's so many things that could pop up that are those little things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe not absolutely. something super profound. I will say that it was okay. So it was two years ago that she passed away and she was like a buffer um, for the relationship I had with my dad. So my dad was a workaholic. So he was mm. he he's very successful, but I mean, he is a work, work, work provider and she stayed home, super traditional roles. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I grew up thinking that like, that's all I ever wanted to be. Oh, I know it stuck with me. And she told me, she was like, you think that you just going to grow up and do the gig I do that you're going to be happy. She's like, no, you're not. You're going to be constantly looking for something because you're going to get bored just being a wife and a mother, like serving, serving, like where's Jordan? You know, and she, I saw my mom constantly looking for more, dealing with depression, just something she wanted more. And I do not want to deny myself. Like I want to be selfish too. And I want something I love and pursue it instead of be everybody's cheerleader. So that certainly stuck with me. But now that she's gone, um, the relationship with my dad you know, I've had to see it for what it is and what it's not and what never was. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. And then my brother and I, I said he was adopted earlier. We're 10 years apart. We didn't even, we, were, we weren't even friends. Like I was his babysitter. Then I went to college when he was eight. I was 18. He was eight. Mm. So now yeah. we're BFF. Can't even imagine losing a sibling. That's so terrible. I'm so sorry. Can't well, even, imagine it because can't of what happened. <laughs> I can't even comprehend. Yeah. Well, I'm so I'm 
I'm so glad that you and your your brother are close because like yeah. it is it's so it's so much fun having someone to grow with and I just know with my brother like we we did not get along. Uh it wasn't I think I got it wasn't until I got into high school when we kind of realized that we were we liked the same music. What's um, your age difference with him? What was your age difference? A year. A year. Oh, okay. So yeah, So we were like yeah, he was just really mean. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love my brother and a lot of my listeners, they know my brother. And he was mean. He was a little badass. Um, but he was he was mean. Um, but it wasn't until I got older that we started kind of connecting more and we were able to like we were able to bounce off each other. Like I'd show him a song, he'd show me a song, you know, and then we we If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2022 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. And get your favorite drinks delivered today. Sometimes rap to it. Like he became you know, it was- one of your best friends. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was so much fun, and he introduced me to a lot of things, and I introduced him to a lot of things, and it was just, you know, I couldn't imagine not having that relationship, and that's what makes me so happy to know that you guys have that now. Now, yeah, and, and who knows yeah. when, I mean, my losing my mom brought us together. I feel like, you know, I'm not, I talk to my dad, you know, every couple weeks, we'll check in on each other, but, you know, he moved on very quickly and how long it was how long was it like two months Ooh. my dad woke up at 3 45 in the morning which he never does to go drive downtown houston because he had to lead some meeting that started at like 5 30 a.m downtown so it's a commute from the suburbs okay the woodlands yeah. houston he comes back at 1 45 he's gonna take a nap because he'd been up so early he got up so early and he realizes that our our maids hadn't been in the house because nothing, the kitchen, he said nothing had been moved and the cleaners were supposed to come that morning. And when he walked in, the dogs didn't run to him to greet him. Like our family dogs we've had forever do. And he knew something was wrong. He's like, Tammy. And he walks back and he said, and his brother died two years ago, his mom. So my grandma died three months before this. And so he's had a lot of loss and he walks in and my mom never got out of the bed. So she died in her sleep. She never woke up. Her heart exploded, basically. It, a lot of shit went down. The doctor didn't want to sign the death certificate. So she died in the middle of the night. Her heart exploded. That's what we think. Like So when he called 911, the police come. The dogs were covered in their own shit because they hadn't been let out that day. And for some reason, I think the dogs trigger my dad. They like traumatized him. He, he's very ocd for some reason, he could never look at those dogs again. He got rid of those dogs that we've had our whole life, our whole life, our pets, our family pets. Yeah. yeah. I I don't think men handle grief well. I know, right? I've tried to work on acceptance, like of being like, Jordan, don't be so quick to hate him for it because he's grieving differently than me. They do nonverbal things. 
Whereas we are like, can I talk to you? Like, we'll sit there, have a glass of wine. Can I talk to you about my, my dead mom? Yes, <laughs> please. Yeah. <laughs> Where <laughs> they will do it differently. You're right. And I think that's like, that's what happened with my brother. Cause my brother overdosed. I'm sorry. Um, you know, one thing I learned is that every person knows what they're doing. Uh-huh. And um, especially when they do drugs, we all know what could happen. And my brother was struggling. Oh, hard. addiction is so scary. He, My brother was a cannabis boy. He was a cannabis boy and sometimes like took his Don't mind me there. asking what did he overdose on? Or do you not Fentanyl. want? Fentanyl. God, he killed so many people. Was it laced? He, was it laced with something that he didn't know? So this is what happened. Like, because it was, it happened in 2015 and it was like, we had never heard of it when we got the, because he like, all right, here we go. Okay. So the story, the story of Frank is he had overdosed, he had aspirated. And when the paramedics came, he wasn't breathing. He like heart wasn't it wasn't going um, but they resuscitated him and they ended up getting a pulse back so then they rushed him to the hospital um, but at that point he had been about 20 30 minutes without oxygen to the brain so he was brain dead mm, so, oh my god that's so da- those are so dangerous i've heard such scary things i've never done that before or tried that I but i have known three people that have died from that that i went to high school with oh i have so many god so many it's crazy and now like right now 2022 i'm it's like an it's a problem like they're it's problematic they're lacing it with things so people don't even know that they're taking it and then they die yeah it's it's the thing was is like when back in the day when we were going to the raves and stuff like that we tested our drugs we tested our drugs smart because that's very smart (laughs) but back then it was a lot cleaner yeah, it true that, just, true know. that. So now I don't do them. Now, no, I can't fuck like that. And for some reason, having a baby really takes the joy out of it. It really does. Because you're like, I cannot, ri- like, I can't risk my life. Like, he needs me. And mm-hmm. so I'm not, like, I can't, I just can't fuck around like that anymore. I have no desire. The yeah. obsession has been removed. So. Well, I have a couple friends who have children and they are, they, they're the same way. They're like, I couldn't risk it because like I, I even try to get them just to take like a little bit of a like a CBD THC edible. I'm oh, like, yeah. Those just, are my jam. It would be so much fun. It would yeah. be so much fun if we could just You chill can't die from weed. <laughs> it makes you feel like you want to die sometimes, but you take too much. Gosh, um, I'm such a stoner, truly. I really, really am. But you know what? I feel like I'm an elite stoner because I'm a very motivated stoner. Like I'm not a burnout. Like I'm a go so, get it. So are you a sativa kind of person? I'm a sativa girl. Maybe it's because I'm ADHD, you know, so I don't like does the opposite or I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. No, I get it. Because sometimes like I can only, I can only handle so much because I have anxiety and whatnot. But um, when I get good weed, I feel motivated and I want to clean and I want to do stuff. But then I smoke too much and I- Paranoid. I'm a potato. Potato. Okay. I have nothing to be paranoid about at this point. You know, it just happens. It just happens. That's what edibles I can. If I can only eat an edible before bed to help me with sleep, can't eat one during the day because then I would just be useless and I I have to be useful. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, 
Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How was your relationship with your husband when your mom passed? Okay. So that's a great question because I think that a lot of people, like anyone who's experienced grief can probably relate to grief directly affecting your relationship in some, <laughs> in some form or fashion, whether, you know, it varies how it looks, but with Derek initially, you know, brought us like, you know, I collapsed into him. Like initially it was that he was my rock and like, I was a mess, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. long-term, like there was a point that I thought I was going to leave him. Like there was a, a point where I thought this fucked me up too much. I've got to go. Like he's going up to bed and I'm sitting on the floor in the kitchen, not wanting him to know that I'm having a breakdown cry, like wanting to be alone and experiencing it but like not really knowing how to ask for help either. Absolutely. And, and leaning on him in that way. And then resenting him subconsciously, I guess, because there's no reason he would deserve this for not understanding, like not getting it. And you don't even call your mom. You need to call your mom more because how dare you not you know, take yeah. advantage that you have your mother. And I talk to your mom more than you, like just stuff like that. And he doesn't know how I feel. You know what I mean? He's never lost anyone. Yeah. He doesn't know what it's like to grieve a person. And I, I don't know, it changed, it changed me and how initially like, and I still do, I just don't want to waste my physical experience here. Like I want a lot out of this physical experience on my time here. And I don't want a mediocre relation marriage and I don't want a mediocre life. I get the ick for mediocrity (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) And I just, I'm a bit insatiable. Uh, and I know we were talking about sex, like in, when we talked on the phone earlier about how grief affecting our sex lives and you were saying how it made you like not want it as much. And I was telling you how it made me more hypersexual, which if you mm-hmm. listen, you listen to my podcast, but oh, yeah. for those of you who don't know, I definitely have a high libido. I think there's a lot of factors for why I have a high libido, like my chemical imbalance or something. <laughs> I was about to say, like, is it something that is like your personality or is it a little bit deeper than that? I think um, both. I think both. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think both. I think there's definitely some validation seeking in my hypersexuality. I think there's insecurity based in my hypersexuality. I think, and there's some like personality and that it too just me being jordan but it may i think i can use it in that bingey way kind of like drugs right you know anything that gets the dopamine going or feeling so i think sex for me is a release and i'm like well this isn't self-destructive so why not have a lot of sex but i think that it's that's a lie because it can't be destructive actually (laughs) well it can't be in some ways, yeah. You know, what's uh, what was funny is I was talking to my friend earlier um, and she was like, you know, because she asked me the question, like, you know, when you lost your mom or whatever, like, how is your sex life? I was like, I didn't want to be looked at. And she was like, that is so crazy because um, I'm actually a very open and sexual person. Um, I, li- I love sex. I love having sex with my boyfriend. It's so much fun. Um I do like boudoir photo shoots. You know, I love it. It's so much fun. Like you're, um, you know who you are as a sensual being. Yeah. And 
when I lost my mom, I like, I didn't, I didn't want him looking at me. I didn't want him touching me, nothing. And they were like, that's so weird. And (laughs) I wanted to ask you, like, how would one regain their sexual confidence after losing a loved one? Well, what I was going to ask you when you were saying that, I was like, do you think that like, I mean, what I'd want to do is ask you about your relationship with your mom because, and like what that was like, because when your mom died and then, cause you know, I, she's a part of your divine feminine. You know what I'm saying? Like she taught you, like she showed you who you she was very sexual too. <laughs> she was very, yes. And my mother was very sexual too. And I think yeah. maybe you, you know, you were mourning, you were grieving you and you said, and you said you were her caretaker. So think yeah. about how much literal energy you have put in to, to this other person that yeah. was that, that drains you. You know I mean? It seems only totally understandable that it would take some time for you to redirect that energy to your groins, you know, to, <laughs> so to my lady bits. Yeah. What was your relationship <laughs> with your mom? Like, um, it was so, I know that's like a side note, but just so I have context. Yeah. So it's very, very similar to your mom um, because my mom was, she was a caretaker um, of the family. Um, She was from, uh, shit, why am I? Okay. She was from from Boston. (laughs) She was from Boston. So she was loud. She, um, you know, she always spoke her mind. Um, Her and my dad's relationship, that's a different story. Um, Okay. Uh, they were like divorced, but not divorced and living in separate levels of the house. Like it was just dysfunctional. I mean, everyone has their dysfunction, yeah. but dysfunctional. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my relationship with my mom, I struggled with when I was a teenager because she like just didn't understand me because I'm weird. I'm weird as hell. And she wanted me to to be this beautiful young lady. And I was running around school like an anime character you know like I was weird (laughs) and you know she never was like you're a fucking weirdo she was always like you stand up straight and like why don't you wear your hair like this and I really that's why yeah and like when I have to say when my dad and my brother passed away my relationship with my mom I feel like that's when it began Mm. and because it was so it is what I always wanted from my mom I always wanted her attention. I always wanted her love. Um, and her attention and love were always directed to my brother. Still was after he passed away. It was just. And it was way. different because they weren't there. But then she got to like face the music with you in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was nice to have her attention. And um, I got to learn so much from her because she was so smart um, and she had a green thumb so it was, I had so much fun with her, uh, but it was hard to open up and to be there because I knew that she was going to die. I, I, that, that I can't imagine. I mean, I think it's totally fucked up losing, like it was traumatizing going one way, my life looking one way and then boom, it's gone. But then the other side sounds so fucked up too. just anticipating, like you said, this anticipation of grief and knowing and planning. It's like, that's gotta be a a mind fuck and just draining. And uh, yeah. in regards to sex, how long was it, if you don't mind me asking, was it until um, 
desire returned. And then I can give my advice on what I think people should do. Um, a good bit until, re- until recently, a good bit. I mean, yeah. I think that almost a year, <laughs> almost a year. And, but did, were you ever intentional about, cause I think that, you know, at, and in a certain regard, like your spouse should, you know, want to be there for you and understand like why you're obviously not in the mood. Okay. But I think that depending on how your relationship is with your partner and what's going on. And like, we just talked about grief can fuck it up. You know, I'm yeah. sure you know how that feels, <laughs> but being able to communicate it and having moments with your partner where you're vulnerable and sometimes intimacy doesn't like, sometimes we have the wrong image that intimacy is supposed to be like really romantic and like super connecting. And we walk away and we feel all like good and warm inside. And that's true. But sometimes intimacy feels really uncomfortable and really, uh, you know, just crawling out of your skin and you're getting vulnerable and maybe there's even tension and it's a hard conversation, but what that does is good for your relationship, in my opinion. And whether you end up with them or not, you got to brass tacks, if that makes sense. Like you need to peel back the layers and find understanding. And I think our bodies also like show us, like guide us in a way of what we Mm -hmm. need in the moment or not. And I think that it's okay to respect your body with such, such a traumatizing thing like that to have grace on yourself for not performing and just putting out to please the other person. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it was like either that or heavily intoxicated, you know, Oh, because grieving. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was grieving. And now, um, you know, me and me and, uh, or my boyfriend and I are moving to a different chapter in our relationship, a very good one. And I, had a guest on earlier. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner her um, her name was valerie and she talked about direct communication and now i understand that yes he sucked when my mom died he fucking sucked but i fucking sucked yeah because i was like i wanted him to just know what to do Mm -hmm. and and then but we had also had a rough couple of months before that so like by that point, I was like, you get one strike and you're out. And that's kind of what happened. And but that's not fair. And that's because, yeah, that's unreasonable expectations. Yeah, because he had no idea and I wasn't telling him what I needed. I didn't know what I needed. Mm-hmm. But I just I knew that him sitting on my couch was not was not it was not it. And now I had a complete breakdown in front of him for the first time in our five-year relationship wow wow you keep it all in don't you well i i did exactly what you did okay and i would when because we used to live together um 
I moved back into my my house. But um, whenever I felt one coming, I'd go into the bathroom, lock the door, turn on the shower, yeah. have my breakdown, take a shower, come back out like nothing happened. Yes. yes. Um, but the other day... Makes you feel like a scar, doesn't it? It makes you feel like, like grief can be like, it's like a scab or like something that, that never heals. And then you can pick the scab and it's just brand new gushing blood all over again. It was, you know, and I'm, I'm on medication for all that fun stuff. Yeah. I I have a breakdown every, I don't know, six months, six to seven months. So it's, it's fine. And I think (laughs) it's fine (laughs) to have those, but, and I know it sounds so cliche and corny, but how some people, and I know people can't see my hands, but like grief, isn't like this upper down line. It's like a squiggle, like a scribble, like you, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those uh those pictures that a toddler will draw. Yes, exactly. That's that's the linear healing. But I know that when I like driving for me is when I cry. Like I just the music. That is when amazing. I don't cry. <laughs> really, I'm gonna die in the car because I'm. Crying. Yeah, I'm. My dad was a truck driver, so he taught me defensive driving. So I do not cry in the car. I sob, <laughs> sob. I'm at a red light. People are like, "What is wrong with the girl?" But the music gets me in the clouds and then I think my yeah. mom's in the birds like for okay so do you have like things that are your signs from them yeah I mean the thing is is like you can sit there and look for them yes and connect them to your loved one mm-hmm. and whether it is or not I know yeah. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because whatever makes you feel close to them amen you fucking do it <laughs> yeah amen because like sometimes I'll be sitting at my desk and of course I'm surrounded by my family mm-hmm. and like this picture will fall and it's the picture of me, me and my brother. And I'm like, you know, I didn't have it put in there, but Frank, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Frank, <laughs> you little <laughs> shit, you know, yeah. but it logically makes sense that it fell because it would just was hanging there, you know, but I don't care. It has the way you looked at death in the afterlife changed after losing people because I think that like we I was raised in church okay and then you know I I I don't go to church anymore I would consider myself a pantheist if anyone knows what a pantheist is (laughs) but I I do have faith in a higher power but I don't necessarily no one throw rocks at me, believe in heaven and hell, but I do believe in an afterlife and a spirit world. And I know that no one asked, but I do remember feeling really icky after my mom died being like, and what if she just goes in the ground? Do you know what I mean? And like that ugh, thought of like, I'm just talking to the fucking air and she's rotting under the earth. And is that it? And I don't believe that, but I, I, I felt that thought. Did you have that thought? Um. Okay, I'm so glad that you said that because I did when when my my dad and my brother were both they were both um, embalmed and they had a viewing and everything and it wasn't until my brother's viewing that I found out that he had an autopsy done. Oh my! Oh my! Because I was I was placing a necklace on him, and you could feel the the scar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, mom what is that yeah fuck. and she told me that when someone overdoses they have to have like they have to have it done um they they literally told my mom you have no choice we're doing it anyways and it was yeah great great 
Um, but I had told my mom, I was like, I just can't stop thinking about my fucking dad and my brother rotting in the ground. And she was like, you know what? When I die, cremate my ass. That's what, you know I what I did. Me too. So I cremated my mom and I turned her into a diamond. Oh my God. So amazing. That's so cool. I heard you could do that. I'm so, my mom wanted to be buried. She said that. So we have to, we had to honor it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I, I, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's old fashioned, you know, to, for embalming and viewings and stuff like that. I think it's just, it's played out. Hey, what did they say? Uh, they had to embalm my mom down her throat because they couldn't cut because there was like her, it was all like purple, like her heart, there was so much bleeding because her heart was just uh, like annihilated. But I remember my aunt Donna asked if she wanted, my aunt Donna did my mom's makeup for the funeral, for the viewing. And they, she asked me if I wanted to do my mom's makeup. I was like, no, I do not want to. And I regret it so much. I regret it so much, but I did not go up and touch my mother in the, in the casket. Cause I, because I couldn't, because I, uh, two weeks ago I saw her and then it was like, she's gone. And I could not wrap my head around. Like I couldn't watch them lower that thing into the ground. I just could not grasp it. I didn't want it, to, I didn't want it is, to see it. It's, it's I mean, up. unfortunately, it's something I'm familiar with, um, but there's other ways. Like I, since I, I do public speaking, I did the eulogies for everybody. Everybody. You're so brave. And, That's brave. Well, I mean, I, I couldn't do it. What was I going to do? Yeah. You know, what was I going to do? So let some random guy that didn't know my dad talk about how he was a worshiper of Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was a French Catholic boy that grew up in New Orleans and went to private school, not private school, but Catholic school, was an altar boy, but I didn't grow up in the church because he was like Catholic by culture or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I have my dad's um, St. Christopher and I have my brother's St. Christopher and then I got my shrimp. Um, But I, you know, I... I wasn't going to let someone do that to my dad. And I interrupted you, but I want to hear you finish what you were saying about afterlife. Like what were you about? You're were you about to say something I thought. Oh yeah. Okay, so sorry. before everyone died, I was so afraid of death. I was so afraid. Like you could literally put a gun to my head and take everything and everyone from me. And I would still be afraid of death. Like, I was not afraid of skate, uh, snakes or spiders, nothing. I was afraid of death because it's That's the reasonable. one thing. Yeah. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what happens? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. We won't know until that day happens. And uh, that's what scared the shit out of me. So it wasn't until I lost my dad when I was like, okay, I'm not afraid to die anymore because he'll be there. And then when my brother died, I was like, all right, shit. It's going to be a family reunion, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then like other people, like my uncle died, my grandma died, and then my some of my friends died, and then my mom died, and I was like... Everybody's dead. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you're making it really hard to enjoy living yeah. over here. That's like, cool. I want to come party, but um, I can hear them yelling at me like, Jesus Christ, Jesse. Don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah. But I, I do believe, um, I'm a spiritual person. And I believe that there's different dimensions. Me too. And I believe that the dimension that they are in is not so far away from us. Um, 
And that's what makes me feel close to them because I feel like they could literally be right here. And I'm right here, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't think most people would understand that. But like I said earlier, anything that makes you feel good while you're grieving, yes, besides yes, yes, yes. drugs and alcohol and stuff like uh-huh. that, um, you hold on to hold it. Hold on to it. And I think like, I always compare grief to motherhood as like, you know, even when you're pregnant, um, people would like when I was pregnant, people are telling me what to get ready for. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a mom basically. Like I'm technically a mom, you know, cause it's, yeah. like, and then I have the baby and you're like, nothing, nothing could have prepared me for what this experience is like. And I think grief is, is like that. You just, you could hear about what grief is like and, and hear people talk about it, but it's kind of like, we can look at each other and like know a feeling, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yeah. when you meet someone who's lost someone, you probably have like an immediate bond with them. I try I try not to do that. Try not not to do the bond yeah, thing? Yeah, I'd try like at first because if that was the case. Okay, so I say that and I probably won't include this in the podcast, but okay. I do that because it's it's heavy on me. Like with you, we've had this conversation I can bond with you, but like random strangers that are like, "Oh yeah, I lost, yeah. I lost my mom." You or don't want to tell dad. them. I'm like, I just because your story you. is so fucked up. I mean, I'm just being real with you, but it's like, imagine I told you that. Hi, you know, I lost my mom. You're like, yeah, well, my whole fucking family died. You know what I mean? It's like, is that well, too brash? I'm saying it like, that. <laughs> it's no, like, okay, no. you win, and like that was fucked up, and I hate that I said that. I would probably hate myself for even saying something. So yeah. I I try not to to do that just because like it's because people do like sometimes I'm like oh yeah I lost my mom too or I lost my dad too and then they're like oh you know do you have any siblings I'm like no oh I'm so sorry (laughs) they died too am I being insensitive by making how I'm making like comp light of things okay no 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 I that's me that's my podcast I like my first season wasn't really like that because I was afraid but if people really, I make suicide jokes all the time. I, I know it's not funny, but my uncle like, committed suicide. Um, if but, we uh, get famous one day, we're going to get canceled just as quickly. Because <laughs> <Just, laughs> I'm like, but, dude, I'm going to get fucked. People are going to not like my jokes. <laughs> no, I, people actually really do enjoy jokes. They do. The dark ones, and, don't they? Well, like, they like what, do you, what do you do? What do you do when your whole family dies? Oh. You can do whatever you, know? you want. Yeah. <laughs> and then like some of my friends were like, have you ever like thought about killing yourself? I'm like, yeah. And if I actually was going to do it, I would have done it by now. Yeah. So just yeah. know yeah. I'm not going to do it. That makes sense, right? You would have done it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I would have done it already. <laughs> I've done it. And like, that's big all serious. i to kill myself. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, like, I'm just too pa- my I'd probably uncle... try and then be like, help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, oh, abort, abort oh, mission. Abort mission. <laughs> Yeah, that happens all I, the time to people, by the way, where they change their mind. Well, let me ask you one last question <laughs> okay. because I definitely don't want to take up any more of your time. Uh, I'm enjoying. I it. love having you. Yeah. <laughs> it is so much fun, and I'm enjoying your questions as well as I'm like as me enjoying. The people don't want to hear us all day, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, some maybe some they do. binge. They binge all day. They do. There are podcast bingers. That's so crazy. I love it. I, keep downloading. Keep going. Keep yes, going. <laughs> I love it. But I want to know how you deal with your grief now. How do I deal with my grief now? Now, 
when I want to get emotional, I let myself. I know that when my son sees me, like, you know, I used to want to like protect in the very beginning. I, I couldn't help it when I cried, but then I wanted yeah. to not. And now I'm like, what's wrong with showing my son that I'm sad? Like that is a normal yeah. human emotion. And it's made the conversation conversation of death happen very early in his life. And I allow myself to, to feel, and I go to now when I want to talk about my mom, I don't have the internal dialogue of, oh, Derek doesn't, that doesn't care about this story. You know, like I, those little things I would tell myself, like he doesn't care. Now I'll tell the story. Now I'll bring her up or I'll post a picture about her, which I, I love. I love doing that. And I talk to her. Sometimes that's really hard. Sometimes I don't want to say hi, mom, you know, and, and talk to her cause it, it aches. But sometimes yeah. I find, I find a lot of healing when I ache and when I cry and when I feel uncomfortable, there's a lot of growth in that discomfort. So I think yeah. that I'm, I'm still healing and I'll, I mean, there's always going to be this mom hole, you know, and I'm all, there's things I'm exploring and understanding and figuring out about myself. I mean, I have a long journey in life ahead of me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I definitely, I'm not going and writing a book about grief. You know, I don't. <laughs> I'm not either. I was like, <laughs> you might should write a book though. Someone can write it for you. You should write because... a book. You should. I bet a ghostwriter would love to work with you. Oh my gosh, <laughs> a <truly>. ghostwriter. <laughs> like you, because you would talk, and then they don't put their name. It's you. Like your book would sell. You should consider writing a book and selling it on Amazon. Well, any ghostwriters out there? Um... <laughs> Hit her up. Slide in her DMs. Yeah. You know where to find me. Um, so I have to say you're doing a lot better than I was doing when I, when I lost, um, like my first person, um, oh, like, thanks. like thinking about losing my dad. Um, cause I struggled with addiction as well when, um, when I lost my dad so like much to where my brother said something to me about it. And then that's when, you know, it's like, oh shit, like I'm being self-destructive. Yeah. Cause he was the one that always like smoked the weed and, you know, took the occasional pill, you know, it wasn't anything crazy, but when he was like, you're drinking way, way too, much. too much. And I'm like, I'm sitting there like drunk. I'm like, no. Do you think you have the self-awareness now to check yourself? Cause I think that that's what it is for me is like, I check myself a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And there's still some times where I overindulge. Me too. Uh, and um i'm at my home so i just go to bed it's mm -hmm. not like i'm out drinking and driving or anything like that yeah. but um we're I'd, humans yeah but it's very 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 few and far between when i do it um so i'm only human and sometimes we all like to have a little bit to drink a little bit of <laughs> thing i would i want to say something that i forgot that i think that i just thought was i don't know how it should be the a bigger plan i think it's just interesting how the timeline of things work work out and you said that oh you're doing really good for where you are and i think that uh, six months before my mom passed away i don't know if anyone knows who abraham hicks is <clears throat> but i went to this speaker i went to this like convention where they speak and it was just a lot of like about your internal dialogue how you talk to yourself smashing limiting beliefs that you believe about yourself just really a lot of work like doing doing the work and so i started really c 
cleaning house and looking inward and seeing where I project my insecurities onto others and really started nourishing my relationship with myself. And I swear if I didn't start that habit, like of habitually practicing meditation and gratitude lists and, you know, doing the things I love and taking care of myself, mind, body, spirit, like I would not be here because if I lost my mom when I was 23 years old, like I would be certain I would be dead because I, that was all I I knew how to do was just to make the feeling go away. Yeah. So it's just weird how the timing of our life, like if I would have lost my mom, like I'm so glad I never wanted to have a baby out of wedlock. Like I'm, I'm pro-choice too. Like I, I kept my son. I could not believe I always had a plan married, married three years. Then we'll try. Like I was a plan. Okay. This was not planned. And I was like, what the fuck? But my mom had her dream, which was to have her first grandbaby. And she got to see him for two years. You know, thank God, like how it all happened because it wouldn't have been that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Weird Weird shit. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It is weird. And like, I think about how things played out and, you know, people, like you said at the beginning, uh, emotionally mature. I didn't choose to do that. (laughs) You're like, I didn't pick this. Yeah, I didn't pick this life. This life picked me. But but do you um, maybe? Is there like any percentage of you that thinks maybe you did choose this life? Um, yeah, I do. Um, because well, one, here I am. Here you are, and you don't even know like how many people you probably affected in like an amazing way. Uh, well, they are. I mean, they're telling you. Same for you. Like the thing about podcasts is the hardest thing to do is trying to sell it without having like a face behind it. Yes. Um, Amen. And unfortunately we have to, but I think getting, that's the easiest way to get, to get a bigger message to a larger audience is through a podcast. And like, damn it. Like I know that there's other people out there that hurt like me, that have similar stories like me, that feel alone. Because that was the biggest thing. I felt alone. And I was like, how, like terminally how is this unique, possible? Where, and that's a, that's a scary place to feel and be, is when you feel like no one understands. Yeah. And I had to, the internal dialogue was like, yeah, no one is going to understand. Because grief is circumstantial. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's when people, like, another reason why I don't try to compare apples to apples is because, like, you may have lost your mom. I lost my mom. Yeah, we have something to connect over. But it doesn't, It it's not the same. It's not the same. You're right. You're right. And it's. We all have different like, circumstances. Yeah. And I always try to honor the different circumstances. For me, I think when you lose something, you find something too. Like, so I, I know there is so much, I would have never started the podcast if my mom was alive and like, she was this, she was a very sexual woman herself, but I would have never, yeah, like neither would I. Yeah. So everything, you know, we, we don't know what's to come. Good things are to come. Yeah. I'm glad. And I I do want to thank you so much for your time and for Thanks for inviting on the podcast. Yeah.
long weekends are all about getting a little you time. And at the Home Depot, you time means you building, you drilling, you doing, you recharging, you saving, and you going back for more. Do Labor Day your way and get a free 18-volt battery with select Milwaukee Power Toolkit purchases at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark.